With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is The Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. Zero shot. Hell of a kick down away from Erickson X. Spurgeon shoots, scores! Lead over the tap, and it's 6 to Wild! His first Stanley Cup playoff goal. They're getting to every loose puck. They're winning the one-on-one battles now. Marcus Foligno played 424 regular season games before he made his playoff debut this year. Well, uh, the uh, Minnesota Wild off one of their more impressive playoff performance in their history, I thought, the other night, beating that very good Winnipeg team 6-2 to two and beating them bad. Uh, and now they get the news that uh, Zach Parisi uh, will not play uh, the rest of uh, the playoffs. Uh, it looks like uh, uh, some kind of a fracture in his sternum. Dan Myers is with us from Wild.com. Dan, uh, thanks for stopping in here on your way to the arena tonight. And, uh, boy, this is, a, this is a kick in the shins. Yeah, it's it's awful news. I mean, for this team, uh, as you said, coming off a, a fantastic performance the other night, a guy in Zach Parisi who, since March 1st, basically, has been one of the best guys in the NHL. Uh, I think he was fourth in the in the league in the month, month of March uh, in goals. I think he had 10 or 11 goals. He's got a goal in each of the first three games of this series so far. And... I mean, there's no way to spin that. He's been a fantastic player here uh, over the last 20, 25 games, and it's a big loss. Minnesota, I mean, I got the stat right here, 25-12-8 with Zach Parisi in the lineup okay. this year. So, I mean, that's a uh, a big loss, but this time of year, I don't think the Winnipeg Jets are going to be feeling sorry for Minnesota. Uh, it's going to be an opportunity for a veteran guy in Tyler Ennis to uh, to step into a lineup, to step into a a top six role potentially here on on the line with Miko Koivu, who's also playing pretty good. So, uh, you know, one man's loss is another man's opportunity. You think he'll put Ennis? Is that what they looks like? They'll put Ennis on that line, or what'll they do? I, I think I would be. Uh, surprised if he didn't start there at least. I mean, we know Bruce uh, Boudreaux not afraid at all to tinker and change some things. Uh, he's going to have some options. Jordan Greenway's been a very good player, but he's looked real good in that line with Matt Cullen and Charlie Coyle in the third group. Uh, Jason Zucker is up with, with Eric Stahl and Mikhail Granlin. Um, I would expect it to kind of start that way. And if they can't get much going, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if we saw Jordan Greenway move up into that top six. 
So, uh, Zach, uh, you said, uh, what, 11 goals uh, last month? And uh, and that's not, generally speaking, there's more to his game than scoring goals. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's that's a pretty dang good month for him. Yeah, and, and you know, when, when you look at how he was when he first came back, you could tell he wasn't all the way himself. He comes he comes back uh, right around the, the turn of the calendar uh, in January, and it took him a little bit to get comfortable. He, he wasn't scoring much. He wasn't doing a whole lot. And once that calendar turned to March, he turned it on. And he was one of this team's best forwards down the stretch. A huge part of them uh, really playing well towards the end of the year. They went on a seven-game point streak towards the end of the year that kind of pushed them into the playoffs. He's been a big part of that. And uh, again, he's been a big part of this series so far. It's just a, a big, big loss for Minnesota. That, that goal on uh, Sunday night, did that make it 2-1? That, that made it 2-1, two, one, two, yeah. one, And that kind of started it. And that was a masterful piece of veteran work, both by Parisi and Koivu's pass. was bent. But Koivu kind of looking, waiting for... It was like he mm-hmm. knew Parisi was going to, okay, find a way to get eight, nine inches away from the guy that was uh, tying him up in front of the net when the timing was perfect. Man, that was a couple yeah, of those veterans, two have, man. Uh, they've, they've played a lot of hockey together over the years. Uh, you know, the five or six years Parisi's been in town. Uh, they've been a common a common one-two punch uh, in the Minnesota top six, and, and you could see it on that play, and that was a huge goal. I mean, you know, they, they fall behind on, yes. uh, the, on the tough goal. I think Devin would probably like to have that one back, Devin Dubnik. Uh, they get the power play goal to get back in the game, and then that one was, was such a huge one in terms of the momentum. Uh, gave them a lead. They never looked back in that one. No, and uh, fantastic uh, performance. So, uh, Suter, what was his date? When? How long has he been out now? Oh gosh, he's been what two and a half, three weeks two now. Two and a half, three weeks. Um, that that is going to be a multiple, multiple month injury. Something where he's going to be um, training camp. I mean, if he can be back and ready to go by the start of training camp, I think the Wild would be very happy. I think Ryan would be very happy. Um, he's generally, you know, I, I, he's not a guy that's injured very often. No, I don't, well, I don't, but he missed one game and. Yeah, couple games for a game arrest and, yeah, then, and a, a suspension, right? That and a suspension, and then he had uh, two games, I think, because of the mumps yeah, somewhere right, in there. So I mean, he, right. he hadn't really missed a true game because of injury yeah. in his time here. But generally, guys like that are pretty quick healers. But this is something, you know, the nature of that injury is, uh, as he said in a story I wrote on Wild.com, it's something you see in a car accident. Yeah, which which tells really? you everything you need to know about just the severity and how hard his foot hit the boards in Dallas that night. And you and, can see to me it was it was almost the the famous Joe Theismann like. Yeah. Uh, well, and you he, see the bend and you say this can't be good. Yeah, and you could. He's again as we just said, he's not a guy that's ever hurt. So when uh-huh. he took that first step, mm-hmm. and, and you could see him kind of grimace, and then he went down. You knew right away that it had to be pretty bad because he's taken some licks over the years, and he pops right back up and he gets to the bench and he might miss a shift, but he's usually back. And uh, the Wild hoping he'll be back. Uh, they're confident that he'll be back in time for training camp, but it's going to be a process for him this summer. Probably more responsibility in the lap of Dumba than ever right now, and he's held up pretty well. He's been uh, he hasn't been running around making too many crazy plays and giving up goals, has he? Well, I, I think uh, I, I heard this today. I think it's correct. He leads all NHLers in minutes played here during the playoffs, Yeah, which is not surprising. You look at him and Jonas Brodeen, that pair was so good down the stretch. 
uh, really the last half of the season. Uh, I thought they at the beginning of the year they struggled a little bit to find some chemistry, uh, but they're they're you know very close friends off the ice. So Are they really? Because yep. different guys. Uh, I, they're least, very different. At least the little bit of the personalities I've seen. Yeah, uh, they, they're, their they're, personalities. They probably are, don't go out at night <laughs> together, but uh, their their personalities are a little different. But they're they're very close friends actually, mm-hmm. and uh, they've grown close over the years. They're they're around the same age, uh, which yeah, I, I think is part is, of it. You kind of forget that that Brodin's Brodin's still, I know. still that young. Isn't it amazing? He he debuted the same year Suter and Parisi's first year here. Wow. I mean, that's how long he's been around. He's still only what twenty four years old. Um, but I thought the second half of the year they really gained some chemistry. They were really good. Uh, part of that I think came from uh, when Jared Spurgeon went down with an injury the first time. Uh, I believe it was back in November December. He missed nine games, and and Matt Dumba really had to be elevated. He played up with Ryan Suter for that time, and that really kind of calmed him down. And when he came back down, Spurgeon comes back to the lineup. Dumba slots back down with Brodine. I thought he was a different player. I thought that pairing was very good. And now with uh, Suter out. Uh, and Spurgeon missed the last part of the season here. He's back now. But uh, Bruce Boudreaux didn't want to mess with that. Those two have been playing really good down the stretch, and the Wild's counting on them right now. All right, Dan. Uh, Dan Myers with us, wild.com. Uh, if you haven't heard the news, Parisi is injured and uh, will uh, not be playing uh, some kind of a fracture in his sternum. We'll be back. How's the weather look? The ride with Royce. Traffic is in. Here's the forecast. Traffic and weather. Traffic and weather. Together. Crazy heavy levels around the system right now. You traffic here sponsored by ProfessionalTurf.com. Two wrecks for westbound 394. One on the right side at Xenia Park Place. The other a rollover in the collection lanes at General Mills uh, for the uh, ramp for northbound 169. So basically, you've got an ugly run from downtown all the way out to 169. Northbound 35E, fairly awful between downtown St. Paul in 16 minutes, a 15-minute flow for you there. Eastbound 36, well, you guys have been pounding the brakes for well over an hour between 35W and 35E, a 20-minute drive there. Click on ProfessionalTurf.com for a free in-person lawn analysis and get a lawn fertilizer and weed control program that is custom-made for your yard and your yard only. A beautiful lawn, a click away, ProfessionalTurf.com. That's ProfessionalTurf.com. Inside the TCL Broadcast Studios, this portion of the Ride with the Royce is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, where the very best quality meats are slow smoked for 14 hours every day. Dickie's now delivers right to your door when you're ready to eat. Head on over to Dickie's.com. So occasionally, Dan, uh, you see uh, on the... uh on the, on the Twitter uh, verse and other places, people uh, o- uh, complaining about uh, no six that doesn't happen on Twitter. Six does years it? later, about the Suter and Parisi signings, mm-hmm. and he still got seven years left. And to me, the greatest decision an owner in this town ever made. I agree because in 2011-12, that was one of the most boring teams they ever put on the ice, and they were slipping. Yeah, oh yeah, and and since that day, they're 102 percent of capacity. There was, I think, after the lockout, there were like two of the first four home games didn't sell out. Every other home game has been over uh, capacity for six years. It was plus they're great players. Well, and you look at where they are right now in the 
in the postseason for a yes, sixth consecutive six season. There was what, there's only three or four teams, right? I think they are one of three, yeah. if I if I remember correctly, that's in the uh, postseason six straight years. And look, I it'd be outstanding if you're a Wild fan to see them advance to the West Finals, advance to the run, Stanley yeah. Cup Finals, make a run. Uh, but there are a lot of fans of a lot of franchises in the NHL that would kill for that kind of consistency to at least have something to kill those winter months, a competitive product every year. Um, it, it would be interesting to see where this team would be, how much better it might be if it had a healthy Zach Parisi all year, uh, if it had a healthy Charlie Coyle, Nino Nino, these guys have battled so many injuries all year long. Uh, they're still where they are. They win tonight. It's going to be a best-of-three series against the second-best team in the NHL. Uh, it hasn't gone perfectly at all during that stretch, Patrick, but I agree with you 100%. This It changed the way, uh, the entire direction this franchise was going because, as you said, you remember who a 2020 guy was on that 2011-2012 team, by the way? No. Kyle Brodziak. Really? Scored yeah. 20 goals that year, mm-hmm. and with all due respect to Kyle Brodziak, he has no business probably being a 2020 guy in the NHL, but he was one of the best guys on that team. Yeah. So those two have definitely changed the way uh, people look at this franchise. There's uh, there's no doubt about that. And another guy who gets a lot of abuse because he's not a big goal scorer is Koivu, and that's a pretty good hockey player there. Now. Yeah, and one of the reasons why he's not a very big goal scorer, and this is what the, uh, the people that really criticize him won't tell you is, because he's so good in the other end of the rink. Yes. Uh, it'd be great if he scored 30 goals a year. That's just not his game. But he brings so much more value in the defensive end of the rink. If you think back to these playoff series uh, against the Blackhawks in years past where Minnesota hasn't had the offensive depth to maybe compete, but you look at some of those playoff series, and Jonathan Taves is pretty quiet in some yeah. of those playoff series. And it's you know due in large part to how good he is defensively. How did Boudreaux go about uh, uh, holding down the liney kid uh, when he had the when he had the change here on uh, Sunday? Did they move a, pay much attention, or did he just played regular? I mean, was there a certain line he wanted out against them? Uh, you know, I think uh, you know if he has his druthers, he'd like to have Miko Koivu out yeah. there against that group. Uh, the thing about Liney is he's one of the best power play guys yes. in the league. Uh, he's, he was among the league leaders in power play goals this year, if not uh, leading the league. And we saw in in Winnipeg, uh, they scored a couple power, or at least one power play goal, where they had that kind of same setup. They worked the puck into the middle. And Shifley scored it. It was in game yeah. one. Yeah. Um, Line is the guy that's back in that Alex Ovechkin position in the back circle. And that's where he's a huge threat. He's a monster. Yep. Man, he's big. He has, he's a big guy. He's got a heck of a shot. Uh, and if you can slow him down uh, on the power play, you're going to have a lot of success against him. Uh, the one goal he did score uh, early in this series came off a turnover. He got a little too much time and space. He got that shot off. And, and I think Boudreaux is confident enough in all four of his lines, if you get in his face a little bit, you take away that space for him to get his shot off, that's kind of the way to slow him down. And I think he's had a lot of confidence, even in his fourth line, in being able to do that. Granlund was a pretty dynamic Sunday. That's uh, that's rather important with this club when he's really when he's going at 95%. Yep, and put Eric Stahl into that group, too. Oh, yeah. I, I thought that was one of the bigger developments in that game was... Uh, getting those two guys going. You look at probably the best line overall in this series has been that Felino, uh, Winnick, Erickson Eck line, which is great. I mean, it's nice to have a fourth line that's playing well. But if if Mikhail Granlin's being held off the score sheet, if Eric Stahl 
uh, Jason Zucker. If those guys are being held off the score sheet, it's going to be tough for Minnesota to win. We saw those guys uh, find the score sheet, find the back of the net the other night, and Minnesota wins. I know a lot of uh, Wild fans were hoping for some other team in the first round because they thought Winnipeg was a bad matchup, and they might be. But I think it's great for the future of this franchise because the Blackhawks... Those are the North Stars' rival. Yep. You know, yep. this is this can be your rival. I said that yesterday. Uh, that this can be your rival. They're they're six hours away. They're uh, they're young and good, and uh, they come down here, and you can go up there, and it, it you can have your own. And it got a little ugly there at the end of game two. Mm-hmm. There was a little of that in game three. I think a nice six seven game series here could really set up a rivalry. When you look at some of those other teams in the division. Yes, uh, you know they've had kind of that that rivalry with Colorado going back to 2003. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's some distaste for the Wild out in Colorado, but you know in Chicago I don't get that same sense. Yeah. You know, Chicago's got all those old school rivalries with mm-hmm. St. Louis and Detroit, and like you said, this is an opportunity to cultivate one of those really hated kind of rivals. Mm-hmm. Not based just only on the fact that it's close, but because these two teams don't like each other. I mean, you can mm-hmm. tell just in how they play and the animosity and the stuff after the whistle. You're exactly right. I think this has a chance to really throw uh, lighter fluid on this on the this rivalry moving forward. Hey, I think that uh, one advantage uh, might maybe for the Wild, even without Parisi now, is uh, I like I like Dubnik better than their guy. That guy leaves a few uh, pucks laying around. There's certainly an experience factor there, and Devin Devin Dubnik played well last year, I thought, in a losing effort against St. Louis. He's been probably their best player, I think, overall through three games so far. And you're exactly right. I noticed this a lot last game, but then when I thought more about it through games one and two, Minnesota never really tested him up in Winnipeg. He hasn't really seen a whole lot clean in this series, if if the puck's hitting him, it's not sticking in his pads or sticking in his glove. It's usually falling down into the blue paint. And in Winnipeg, Minnesota didn't have guys there to poke at it and jam at it. And you saw it last game, especially early with Eric Stahl. And I think he he uh, drew a penalty jamming yeah. away at one of those loose pucks. He got cross-checked. Uh, they got a two-man advantage and scored the tying goal in the first period. So I'm with you. I, I think he can be beaten. I don't think he's been as solid as he could be. And this, his first trip through the playoffs here, it'll be interesting to see how he responds coming off a tough game. Dan Myers, Wild.com uh, with us. Uh, a couple more questions. So the Greenway kid, you like him already, huh? I really do. And I he's know, a monster man. I know Bruce likes him, and uh, <laughs> it's an element this team has missed Forever, maybe. I mean, you think about a guy who's 6'5", 230 pounds, who doesn't have to be told twice, go stand in front of that net. Yeah. Because he'll go do it. He knows that's his role, but he can also move a little bit, and he's got a nice shot. Um, and I, I, I see like him. I've already read quotes from him and uh, the expressions of not braggadocio, but yep. expressions of confidence. I haven't talked to him, but I, I've noticed there's been some quotes. He's not... Hiding over in a corner or something. No, nope. and he, uh, you know, he's a guy who was the first player in in hockey history to play in an NCAA tournament, play in Olympics, and play in a Stanley Cup Finals in the same year. And anytime you're the first guy to do something in hockey, it's been mm-hmm. around for a while. 
Uh, you, you can just sense there's a maturity about him to his game. He spent the last year at BU as a captain out there, taking on some more leadership responsibilities, played with some older guys over in South Korea at the Olympics where he was pretty good, and he's fit in real well so far, and I think he has a very bright future. What uh, a little personality read, what, uh, what kind of kid? I would say he's uh, he's mature, uh, you know, in talking to us because he's in a very veteran locker room. Mm-hmm. But I think he uh, he's not opposed to maybe being a bit of a prankster. He's got a pretty good sense of humor. Um, the thing about him is his eyes have not been too wide to this experience at all. I, I've seen guys come in through the years and they're quiet and they're reserved and they're you know. A little shy, and he's not like that. You go over and engage him; he'll engage you right back. He'll give you an honest answer. Um, really, he's really a good kid. Really is. Well, uh, where's Barry Trotz going to be coaching next year? <laughs> <laughs> two, two of this team is poor Chris Long downstairs, Mister Caps. It's you know? unbelievable, two, isn't it? Every two, year, two old leads at home, and they lose two overtime games, and now they're down two. And and now they got to go Washington to Columbus, Caps, which yes. is one of the toughest buildings to play in, in the whole league, and it's unbelievable, isn't it? Every year, uh, it seems sometimes like it happens later, but uh, there's so much talent there, and, and they've got they've been uh, this new playoff format, this divisional format's yeah. really been tough for them because yeah. they're in Pittsburgh's division, so it's always yeah. usually with those two matching up in the second round. It doesn't even look like they're going to get there this year, unfortunately, for uh, Mr. Alex Ovechkin, who really is one of the greatest goal scorers that'll probably ever play in this game. And people want to blame him. I, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's they got they got four twice, right? Mm-hmm. And they and, they, uh, and now I see they're going back to Holtby as their goalie tonight, well, so, or the it, next game. And, and Holtby's been so good over the years, but Philip Grubauer's the guy that's no. been kind of stepping in there this year. He's been real good, but you know, if you're if we're at this point in the season, you're trying to find a goalie, you're probably not in, in a very good position, and they're not. Hey, Dan, thanks for coming in. We'll see you in a couple hours at the X, which will be jumping tonight, uh, even though as the fans walk in, some of them will probably be finding out the Parisian news. So, all <laughs> that'll, right, that'll be a tough way to go. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks. Dan Myers, uh, wild.com. You can follow his coverage uh, there. Thank you, and we'll be back. the TCL Broadcast Studios. This portion of the Ride with the Royce today is brought to you by MetaFast Weight Control Centers. So it looks like uh, Parisi was trying to, uh, did you see that video? Parisi was trying to swat the puck out of the zone and uh, guys closing in on him and uh, they uh, collide right out by the blue line. Mm. And uh, it's uh, the, the uh, Wild fans are mad at the uh, oh. Jets player, just like the Jets fans were mad at Felino the other day. So. What we got is a rivalry of brewing. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I know. I, it does not look like a uh, dirty hit, but it, it, he ran into Parisi when right after Parisi cleared the puck out and hit him up in the chest area. So that's mm. that's the way it looks. This update is sponsored by Account Temps. Uh, do you need accounting and finance professionals for long-term or recurring projects? If so, Account Temps salaried professional service may be the right solution. Visit accountemps.com. Account Temps, a Robert Half company. 
The Wild playing the Winnipeg Jets in Game 4 of their best of seven tonight. Jets up two games to one. Uh, what Patrick's referring to, we have found out, of course, now in the last uh, couple of hours that the Wild will be without Zach Parise. He has a fractured sternum, was fractured toward the end of Game 3 uh, when he was hit, as Patrick said. The press release from the Wild says Parise is week to week. Uh, the numbers were being given, though, appear to be six to eight weeks. That he would be yeah, you ain't seeing him on this no. thing. So you're going to play the playoffs without your two uh, big guns, Sutter, mm-hmm. Suter, and him. So. Uh, twins in Puerto Rico to play a two-game series against the Indians. Jake Odorizzi on the mound for the Twins. Corey Kluber on the mound for Cleveland. Uh, your Twins lineup, Byron Buxton, was originally in it. He has now been scratched. He has a migraine. So the lineup goes like this. Dozier, Maurer, Sano. Rosario, Logan Morrison hitting fifth and DHing, Escobar, Max Kepler, Robbie Grossman hitting eighth in right field, and Jason Castro catching. And according to Lavelle E. Neal, eight minutes ago, the rain has ended, the tarp is off, and the tribe is on the field. So good. Really so they, quick. Oh. They must have those Florida like squalls that just yeah. blow on by because it was raining buckets 20 minutes ago. Uh, back to Parisi for just a minute. I wanted to look up his uh, career stats. Uh, with number of games played in a season, I know Zach's had a few injuries here and there over the last couple of years. What's what's a suitable number for a hockey player for the for the eighty two game regular season? Seventy. If you play seventy, that's considered enough. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, that's a good number. Okay. Minnesota United. He hasn't gotten there in a couple of years. Is my point. Well, yeah, but you break. You know, it's hard to avoid a broken sternum. <laughs> oh, I, I Why agree. Why doesn't he play with a broken not, sternum? No, no, no. And I'm not ripping him for that. I'm just saying, you know, it, that well, he's had a lot of injuries over I the years. I think you are, Chris. I think you're ripping him for that. And he did have that that back surgery, but he could have played. We're with not that. talking about dainty <laughs> baseball players here. I knew I was going to get ripped. <laughs> Minnesota United announcing a 10-year partnership with Bell Bank today, including a provision to provide a $1,000 check to a player each match, home and away, next season. And, uh, then, the, and then the player can give it to his favorite charity? Uh, I, well, I couldn't find what the $1,000 check was for, if it's for good play or, mm-hmm. or what, and then where the money will go. <laughs> However, uh, the bank also named a gate sponsor at United's New Alliance Field, gave a $10,000 check today to the goalkeeper, Kyle Lampson's Lapstrong Foundation. Yeah, it must be to a charity. It's got to be, yeah. yeah. Uh, next game for Minnesota United is this Sunday. They're at Seattle to play the Sounders, and you'll hear it right here. 2.30 pre-match and 3 o'clock kickoff on 1500. Never heard of ESPN. Bell Bank. Good luck to them. Anybody what was here? Bell Bank? Bell Bank. Bell Bank. Mm-hmm. No. What was the name of uh, Dan Gladden's charity when the Red Sox oh, said that they Yeah, uh, what it was his granddaughter? His, his daughters, daughters. His daughter's college, college fund. fund. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, there have been rumors uh, for some, of some tension in Green Bay involving Aaron Rodgers for a few years. Uh, today, Yahoo Sports' Charles Robinson tried to add to that. Yes, uh, he did. He wrote, while the relationship between Rodgers and the Packers isn't in total disrepair, two league sources familiar with the quarterback's mindset described him as both frustrated and emotional over a lack of communication from the front office prior to some significant decisions this offseason. Specifically, he writes, the sources said... He misses Jordy. Said Rodgers has lingering discontent about uh, completely being cut out of discussions that resulted in the departure of Jordy Nelson and quarterbacks coach Alex Van Pelt. Now, Rodgers did answer on Twitter after this came out. He said... I feel like the title of this article needs more clickbait. Oh, my God. <laughs> he said, come on, make something up or talk to some unnamed sources close to me or something to beef up the clicks. He also attached about eight hashtags, including the hashtag 
fake news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, because he is a Trumper guy. So, so uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, he's he's not in favor of the article. I guess. Okay. Uh, Carson Wentz met doesn't with mean the, he, it didn't happen, but Car- uh, Carson Wentz met with the media. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Because like Aaron Rodgers, I, he's a phenomenal quarterback, but he's he's a whiny. Oh. You know what? I love him as a quarterback. I do. He's great, but he's it, this story happens every year in the Shut offseason up. with him. Okay, shut so, up. sorry, he, Kenny. He, didn't, he didn't start the story though, Chris. Mm-hmm. Points shut up, John. You shut up, Kenny. <laughs> Carson, One more story. Carson Wentz, uh, quarterback yeah. from North Dakota, my home state. In fact, my hometown, pretty much. Met oh, with the media you today. That every time he's in the news. <laughs> Met yeah. with the media today to provide an update on his recovery from uh, torn lig- uh, ligaments in his knee. Uh, he's running. He's already started running, he says. Uh, as far as the uh, dates go, it looks like he will not play in the preseason at all, but he says he plans to be ready when the team plays its next meaningful game. All right, John. Thank you. You bet. The ride with Royce continues. The first traffic and weather together with traffic and weather. The traffic report giving you a radio weather forecast together. Sponsored by Napa Auto Parts, both directions of the Crosstown, uh, seeing the obligatory obsequious congestion between 169 and 77. But pay attention, westbound 62. Yeah, it actually goes all wrong at Highway 55, Hiawatha. So much worse off for the westbounders. If you're westbound running between the downtowns, it's an 18-minute drive. But you do have a rejam through the Brooklands. Uh, that gives us 16 minutes from Shingle Creek up to the Fish Lake split. Eastbound 94, a big old bugaboo between the downtowns. 30 minutes right now. Along the way, watch out for a partial right lane blocker past the Huron Curve. Napa Auto Parts has the expertise and parts you need to help keep your car on the road no matter how many miles it has. Quality parts, helpful people, that's Napa know-how. 42 degrees right now. The Royce Today is brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company. Up the middle and through. It will score two runs. Is that Joe Maurer? You know, he got to 2,000 hits, and now the lazy bum hasn't had a hit since, right? <laughs> right. You think he'll ever get another hit? Well, hopefully if it doesn't rain. Yeah, I haven't they? But that's, that's from last Thursday, Joe Maurer's hit. Also, the last time the local baseball team played a game. Oh, my God. 11 games in 20 days uh, since the season started. Uh, and... Uh, as many as seven fewer than some team have played. We got some teams that have played eighteen. So you mentioned the eighteen. You mentioned the weather in Puerto Rico at the start of the three o'clock hour, and a couple of people have emailed and tweeted in. What what will they do if they? I mean, can they play on that there, off day or no? Uh, yes, both teams have an off day, and they will uh, probably uh, keep keep them there, and that. Uh, I, they'll get at least one game in there for sure. And then they could because they play Cleveland but again. But I they think they're going to play. This is. Uh, tomorrow's worse than today. Right. Uh, tomorrow's sixty percent. This is thirty, and it's going to pass through, and then it might rain again, and then it's going to pass. This might be one of those games where you stop three times, but if it takes till one o'clock in the morning, they're going to play. I don't know how Hiram, whatever his name Bithorn. is, Bithorn's field drains, but uh, we'll probably get a. Yeah, it'll. They'll probably check it out tonight, huh? Uh, but uh, the Twins. Playing Cleveland, 
And uh, not the greatest break in the world because Cleveland's also had a postponement over the weekend, and they get Kluber and Carrasco. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part. They get Kluber tonight and Carrasco tomorrow. They got Oda Rizzi and uh, and Brios. And uh, I just saw a tweet from uh, Red Bollinger. Apparently, a lot of Francisco Lindor jerseys in the uh, so there's a lot of Cleveland fans. There There was a cool piece I saw. I also saw on Twitter about uh, the the school that he played at as a kid. He went over there and played with some of the kids when they got to town yesterday. Yes, and, I thought uh, that, that's that's really cool. Rosario went back to his home and he did a deal, and they Barrios did a hospital visit, and they did a lot of uh, they did they did a lot of community stuff while they're down there. You can tell it really means a lot to these guys going back there to play this game. Yeah, they're uh, the 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 uh, Dustin told me that, uh, and we had him on yesterday, but Dustin told me that Brios and. Uh, and uh, Rosario have been fired up for like two weeks trying I to can't. get everybody all fired up. And that's why I think a lot of the Twins fans want to see him pitch against Cleveland. Because, I mean, this is the team that you want to see how you stack up against is the Tribe. They're the, the, the defending champs. And, you know, playing them down there, it'll, it'll make it that much more important, too. Some people wondering why the Twins gave up both uh, home games because they were willing to do so. Apparently, that's because uh, they, you know, a little community outreach down there in Puerto Rico won't hurt them when they're uh, romping around looking for players. Now these players are draft eligible. It's not like uh, Dominican Republic where you you uh, free agent sign them. But uh, so how does that work, Pat? With the with revenue, not that it matters because I'm sure the Twins and the Cleveland whatever they agreed upon. But I think who, who gets the revenue? Baseball plays uh, pays the expenses, but uh, takes takes it. I, I would guess the Twins get a little bigger cut because they're because these are their home games. games. But, uh, okay. Yeah, the twins they aren't gonna get they aren't gonna get rich playing in a twenty thousand seat stadium in Puerto Rico because you know the prices weren't outlandish sure. or anything down but there. But they'll be packed houses for both for yeah. both games, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, and I'm sure they are used to the passing rain squalls down there too. <laughs> they won't be uh they won't be put away. Bry- Byron Buxton, I and I can't recall him having does he have migraine problems? This is the I, first I I can remember. Maybe maybe he does, but he's out with a uh, migraine and uh, Robbie Grossman's playing right field. Now our guy Lamar is with them even though they sent him out because when you play in a foreign land you can have an extra player on the roster. There's the 26th so guy. I, I still can't figure out this need to get another pitcher up here. Uh apparently they were worried because uh uh, Reed was sick. Reed, oh, Reed that's had right. He had throat. strep throat. But so you call, you make the move. I think uh, on after Thursday's game, did anybody look at the weather forecast? The odds of playing more than once during those three days was virtually nil. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's uh, that's beside the point, I guess. Twins, and uh, it's on TV tonight. I think it's FSN one. Yeah, I talked to Timmy. We're gonna have Timmy on tomorrow. Timmy's doing the game. He's down there, and he's doing the game in Puerto Rico tomorrow night. So it's ESPN tomorrow night, and it's FS1 tonight. tonight, And the Duke and Bert aren't there. They didn't make the trip. They didn't make the the Duke. uh, The Duke, I've seen him on Twitter. He's he's still in town here and uh, did not make the trip, no. Oh, I would think that even if you're not doing the game, you just want to go down there to be a part of the festivities and whatnot because – you know, he's a part of the the club and has been for years. No, he's an objective neutral source and uh, and uh, would not, uh, you know, would, would would not be considered a part of the traveling party. Are you here by circle? Yes, that's true. Nobody will get circled tonight. Meanwhile, the Timberwolves tomorrow night, uh, game two. Uh, Jeff Teague, who's taken a couple of subtle shots at Tibbs lately, 
uh, during today, after today's uh, practice, said uh, the Wolves are playing into the Rockets' hands by when they use uh, Cat to space the floor rather than have him post up. Uh, Tibbs said uh, that, uh, of course, uh, Cat should have been more active. Uh, Teague apparently was the only one who expressed that sentiment. And uh, Tibbs said the Wolves want the spacing. And Cat said he was sticking to the game plan. So, you know, uh, I saw that quote, too. And he's had a couple other uh, points of the season where he's taken a little... Sh- you wonder if he's going to be a one and done here with the Timberwolves. Well, he's got two years left on his contract. I don't know how many people want to pay him that much money. So he's probably here. And he's actually played well. Oh, he's been a good and player. The, and the funny thing is... The reason they're spacing the floor is for him to have room to, 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 to get shoot, into the yeah. lane and, and do things. They 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 want they want to put more pressure on Harden and Paul and those guys to play defense to uh, chase guys around, and they think that T can go by guys, and uh, that that they want some space in the lane for T to go by somebody, uh, maybe Butler to go by somebody. And uh, even Derek Derek Rose, obviously. So that's what the spacing's all about. They want to they want to they want to make it a wider game. They don't want to make it a congested game because then they think they're really in trouble. So I saw it'll be no- interesting tomorrow night. I saw a note. I was I checked in on a little bit of the uh, the Seventy Sixers game last night. Darren Ravel had the note that the first however many games we've had of the NBA postseason are already up twenty five percent, which I find astounding. Yeah, well, they've actually had some pretty good games. You know, they've usually the NBA playoffs. Last year they were terrible, especially the first round. Last year they were terrible because there weren't any close games. Hell, all the way to the finals, they hardly had any uh, close games. It's not like hockey, as I've told you a hundred times. You play to three, it's close. You play to one hundred and fifteen, the best team wins. So anyway, the uh, the controversy continues as to why Tibbs doesn't want. Carl Anthony Towns to dominate a game. He just doesn't want him to do it for some reason. Right. Yeah. He's got his motive. We just and, don't know uh, what it is. In fact, I think it was Tibbs that when he sent him out there at the start of the game, uh, the, the Sunday night, he told, whatever you do, be sure you don't guard Capella. <laughs> you know, don't. It's an know, interesting strategy. Leave him and then let him dunk mm-hmm. when Harden drives in. So that, I mean, I'm that'll sure be the that, secret to our success. I'm sure that was Tibbs's uh, strategy there with uh, let Capella eat your lunch the first half. Uh, go get him, cat. We'll be back. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick. You know who that is, Reavers? Absolutely. Uh, Eddie Cochran. Uh, Eddie Cochran was a big early rock and roll star in this country. And on April 17, 1960, he was in the middle of a triumphant concert tour in Britain. It, the tour had been extended by 10 weeks beyond its scheduled run because they loved him so much. 
In America, we were kind of doing the uh, tamer uh, brand of pop music, Frankie Avalon, Paul Anka, Bobby Darren. Mm-hmm. But they liked the harder rock and roll over in England, and uh, he had uh, you know, been tearing it up over there. Well, on this day in history, he was uh, in a cab in uh, London. He was crashed. In, no, he crashed. Uh, was en route to the airport in London and he was with Gene Vincent was with him another uh, a big star from back then and Cochran got killed April 17th 1960 Eddie Cochran uh, died in a uh and, you know, I've been in the cabs in uh, London, and they... they Are we uh, aggressive? No, they seem uh, very good. I don't know. Somebody must have made a mistake, but uh, he was... Uh, he had the great hair, man. Oh, he yeah. Had, he had the great uh, kooky, kooky, uh, give-me-your-hair type of thing. And uh, he, uh, as I said, uh, Gene Vincent was traveling alongside Eddie Cochran in the cab to London after what would prove to be Cochran's final performance. Now, did the girls go uh, nuts for Eddie back then oh, like yeah. they did? Yeah, okay. I don't think it was quite as crazy as Elvis, but uh, uh, they were in a Ford console that was later estimated to have been traveling in excess of 60 miles an hour Ooh. through a dark and winding section of a two-lane A4 in the village of Chippenham. Uh, when the crash uh, took place, Gene Vincent broke a leg and walked with a limp for the rest of his life. But uh, Eddie Cochran uh, was in, uh, suffered a serious head injury and died on this day in 1960. Well, I called my congressman and he said, 